Good morning. Uh, this is Spencer calling. Uh, uh, this is Spencer. Uh, I understand you've been involved in an accident that wasn't your fault? We've all been involved in accidents that weren't our fault. Life was an accident that wasn't our fault. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't your fault. You look at Jeremy Kyle. Full of accidents. But all of them, somebody's fault. Uh, sorry? Apology accepted. So, you are saying you were involved in an accident that wasn't your fault? I am now! And when was this? September! Recent then? Uh, well, what date? In a simple summit! Just now! I was involved in an accident that wasn't my fault just now! I guess so. You're off me crying, you grip, slabbering moth! Oi! What's me sprout? Afternoon, Squire. Lovely day. My George, yes. A wonderful day to be alive and visiting such a marvellous emporium of the written word. I, I take it you're here to purchase a book, Squire. Uh, Shakespearean sonnets, is it, sir? Uh, the collected works of Mr. Dickens, perhaps? Uh, by no means. I have become rather keen on this new genre of science fiction. Reprawling adventures set in future states, time machines, and invaders from Mars. No one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that this world was being watched keenly and closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. I love it, do you hear? Love it! You certainly are very enthusiastic, sir. And that's a quote from that book by Mr. Wells, isn't it? Ah, yes. I'd very much like to obtain a copy of his latest work, The Shape of Things to Come. It's all about this diplomat who dies, leaves behind a book of dream visions he has experienced, featuring details of events that will occur on Earth for the next 200 years. I'm told he may predict another conflict in Europe, and something called climate change. Oh, all a bit fanciful for my taste, Squire. I mean, give him his due, he can write a good yarn. But if you want the future writ large, you should buy this book by Frobish and Plenty. More realism, I'm told. The bloody awful state of things to come. Unusual title. Does this Frobish and Plenty predict, say, a wireless wrist communication device? Giant silver men serving the great and good as butlers? Uh, not really, sir. Half a dozen more wars on the cards. Uh, loads of new diseases pop up, most of them incurable. 
And then there's political scandals, more of them than you shake a stick at. Social unrest, housing shortages, recessions, strikes galore, terrorism, the rich growing richer, the poor growing poorer. And you're sure this chap isn't a front for some unfinished Dickens novel? I know what you mean, Squire. He makes loads of predictions. Many more than old Wells. There's going to be something called social media. People doing stuff with tablets or something. Uh, reality television. Arguments about immigration. Votes to join a European community, then votes to leave it. Oh, and the Great British Bake Off moves to a different channel. Golly, sounds thoroughly depressing. Twistery Tales, the Richard Usher comedy podcast. The past rewritten before your very ears. Welcome to more Twistery Tales from the Richard Usher podcast. We're into the month of September, and you just heard our recreation of the events of the 1st of September 1933 and the publication of the H.G. Wells novel The Shape of Things to Come. Lots more to bring you from the month that ushers in autumn, so let's continue with a trip back to the 10th of September 1897, when George Smith, a London cab driver, became the very first person to be arrested and charged for drunk driving at the Marlborough Street Police Court. And who, pray, is this dishevelled wretch standing before the court? I reckon that's the court usher, my lord. Right scrap he is. I've had him in my cab once or twice. <laughs> the accused will remain silent until called to give evidence or examine witnesses, as you appear to be defending yourself. Mr. Terutzen, pray continue. The accused is Mr. George Smith, aged 25, of Portnall Road, Harrow Road. He was charged by the police with being drunk in charge of a motor car, of which he was the licensed driver. Licensed, eh? Makes me sound like a publican. Drunk in charge of a mobile pub. <laughs> police Constable Russell. Uh, G47C uh, Russell, uh, constable for the patrol of and at and with your service, Governor. You have stated that at a quarter to one in the morning in question, you saw the accused in Bond Street in charge of a motor car, a four-wheeled electric cab. Yes, the vehicle suddenly swerved uh, from one side of the road to the other and ran across the footway and coming into an affray-style conflict and conclusion with the environs of 165 New Bond Street, a break in the water pipe in the beating of the window. Ooh, capital offence. Hang him. <laughs> Damaged the beating of the window. Blimey. Hardly Jack the Ripper, am I, eh? <laughs> Mr Smith, I will not tell you again. Thinking that the driver was unable to manage the vehicle, I asked him to get down from the box. And finding that he was drunk, I took him to Vine Street Police Station. He then denied being drunk and the divisional surgeon was sent for, uh, who certified that he was drunk. Uh, the accused, that is, not the surgeon. How fast was I going? I should think about eight miles an hour. At the time, 
I was going up an incline and could not have been going six miles an hour. Hey. The fastest these cars can travel is eight miles an hour. Objection, Your Honour. The accused is being clever and showing total disregard for his class. Sir, you are not charged with driving furiously, but with being drunk. What about that? I have nothing to say. I admit having had two or three glasses of beer. I'm very sorry. And so you should be. Here. Yeah. Sorry it wasn't five or six. <laughs> You've seen the state of some of my affairs. Blimey. Turn your hair white with stress it would. And the state of the roads. Look, it's the first time I've been charged with drunk in charge of a cab. Um, you do appear to have been charged here. In these earlier cases from Scotland Yard, Charged with being drunk. Mm. Yeah, but that was not when in charge of a cab. I'm not usually that daft. Daft enough to get collared anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> you motor car drivers ought to be very careful. For if anything happens to you, well, the police have a very happy knack of stopping a runaway horse. But to stop a motor is a very different thing. There will be a fine of 20 shillings. Here, Your Honour, uh, this sketch is it, almost word for word the same as the write-up in this article from the Morning Post. Shh. Do you want to give the game away? Breach of copyright and revealing podcast secrets? Find 20 pounds. You're listening to Twistery Tales, the Richard Usher comedy podcast from Larynx Productions. And from 1897, we make the leap to 1928 and the 30th of September, the discovery of penicillin by Alexander Fleming. Oh, dearie me, what a state this place is in. Calls himself a scientist, does he? Hmm. I've seen better hygiene standards at the sewer works. I'll have words with my sister Ada about this. Got you a job with the doctor chappy, she says. Wants a cleaner a couple of times a week, she says. Never said anything about him living in a midden, did she? No. Get these things cleared up first. Oh, they don't are pong. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear. Oh, oh, Mrs Hogwash, I'm really so sorry to leave you. Uh, with all this mess, uh, y- you must think me a dreadful soul. My only excuse is that I've been working night and day to come up with something to solve the great ills that mankind is heir to. A thousand apologies. Well, Mr Fleming, I cannot deny that this isn't the neatest study I've ever cleaned. But really, too bob for this amount of work. And when you look at this... All this staphylococci on these here plates. That'll take some elbow grease and no mistake. Staphyl? Uh, uh, madam, do you by any chance know anyone in the staff of Imperial College or anyone connected with British medical research? As a matter of fact, I don't. I don't go out much. Just the bingo once a week in a glass of mild down the old end of bracket at the weekend. Then, then madam, um, uh, please... Accept this check for one hundred pounds, and, and leave the clearing of this mess to me, and, and enjoy yourself at the bingo. What? And leave you with all this 
bacteria hanging about. <laughs> oh, indeed. Uh, please, do not concern yourself with such things. Uh, besides, I'm sure it won't do me any harm. <laughs> On the contrary, I, I have a feeling it'll do me the power of good. Another short and sweet edition of Twistry Tales draws to a close. Enjoy the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, and we'll leave you, as we did last year, with an illuminating incident from the 18th of September 1879, when the legendary Blackpool illuminations were switched on for the very first time. <sighs> right, Ron, I think that's the last of the little blighters installed. Oh, righto. Are you sure we got them all? Um, we'll look pretty deft if we missed one when the mayor flicks the switch tonight. You look pretty daft regardless, mate. <laughs> nah, come on, mate. It'll take a little bleeding day to count them up again. How many are there supposed to be? About 13,000. Oh, I'm lucky for some. Tell you what, I'll make a start now. You pack up the cart and then drive it down the far end and start counting them up from there. We should meet in the middle. We'll get it done in half the time. Righto. One. Two. Three. Four. Eight thousand nine hundred and four. Go about, ladies. Eighty-eight. What full line? Eight thousand nine hundred and five. Thirty-thirty. Number thirty. Eight thousand the Richard Usher One Man Comedy Podcast. Music courtesy of bensound.com. Twistery Tales is a larynx production. Hey, hey. In the States, a man was known to tweet who held the office of president and loved the game of blame. One dark night. His tweets began to say, Kim Jong-un is a naughty lad, North Korea is at it again. Ooh, Donald the President wrote his tweet and posted it from the White House. North Korea placed it for chat with Trump, Trump, Trump. Donald the President wrote his tweet and had to go at the sportsmen, all because of their bended knees at Trump, Trump, Trump. Ooh, night by night, he tweets such ridiculous things. It made his advisers shake with nerves at words they didn't understand. No more trade with friends of Kim Jong-un. The world just watched the silly row and Donald continued to warn. Ooh, Donald the President brought his tweet and posted it from the White House. North Korea placed it for chat with Trump, Trump, Trump. Donald the President brought his tweet and ignored the usual channels. All directed at Kim Jong-un from Trump, Trump, Trump. The voice of the people was calling, far, far away. 
But due to the eagle, the man in charge, the Trump fella got his way. Oh, Donald the President wrote his tweet and posted it from the White House. North Korea placed it for chat with Trump, Trump, Trump. Donald the President wrote his tweet and everyone called him crazy. Staring up on its nest, that's Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh, aye, it's satire. Well, that's what they say, any road. E. Price of mushrooms is going up. Aye. Another kind of mushroom might go up. Ooh, you fighter.